Welcome, everyone, to a brand new Ian Hates Conversations. My special guest tonight is Mike Felker, the lead vocalist for friend of the show, Convictions. Convictions just had their awesome new album, Hope for the Broken, come out through In Vogue Records. It's one of my favorites this year, and we get into so much. So let's get right to it. We're going to start with the track Deceptive Heart from Hope for the Broken, and I'll see you after the conversation. Enjoy. everyone welcome back i am very excited because tonight i am talking to mike from convictions mike you're in a starbucks right now we just talked a little bit off air how's your day going um it's going pretty good um we're in louisiana right now we got an off day so we're just kind of running some errands and getting ready to go see the new deadpool tonight 
Oh, very nice. Well, first off, thank you for taking the time during your day off. I know you guys are constantly touring. You just went around Texas, and you're going on that big tour with Upon a Burning Body and Volumes and the White Noise. So we'll definitely get to that. But let me ask you, are you a big Deadpool fan? Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the the first film. Brian Reynolds is hilarious. I kind of like idolize him in a little little way. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the sequel isn't a bust like most movies, but uh, I'm going into it optimistically. <laughs> Very true. And I will not spoil anything for you. I have seen the movie. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I'll just say that. Okay. <laughs> That's at least, and Good. for someone who's very critical of movies, for me to say that is actually a very good sign. So are you a big superhero, you know, movie fan? What was that? I'm sorry. Are you a big superhero movie fan? You know, I'm actually like not really. I mean, I do enjoy like a, I did, you know, I just saw the new Avengers movie. I do mm-hmm. like going to see like superhero films, but they've been pumping out like so many lately that I'm just kind of, I'm a little burnt out. I think. Sure. I'm not afraid to say that. Um, I'm definitely more so like on the Star Wars end. Like that's sure. like where I invest most of my nerding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my actual my previous co-host who has a question for you later, he actually mentioned that I should bring up Star Wars with you because I happen to not be a fan of Star Wars. Oh wow. It's well, we tougher. can end this podcast right now. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what that's, that's what fair. I thought. I, I want to be very open and honest <laughs> with you. I don't want to fool you in any, in any way. So let me ask you this though. <laughs> How did your love of Star Wars start? Was this a you know young child thing, you know, working your way through episode four and up, or was this something more new? Um, no, it actually um you know, it started since I was like I don't know, since before I can really remember. My parents, I think when they were, you know, like come Christmas, um, they just decided they're going to start giving me like Star Wars toys. And mm-hmm. I just have like a whole like treasure trove of like old Star Wars toys. And it's just been a this part of my life, like this whole nostalgia thing that hasn't really gone away. Like I think every year for Christmas, I, I like low key hope that there's like a Star Wars toy waiting like under the tree. <laughs> like it's just like a really important part of my life. Right. Now, do you like the message of the Star Wars movies, or have you legitimately enjoyed the last few of them? Um, you know, like this is going to sound probably really pretentious, but <laughs> I actually really like the dark side of the Star Wars. Like, I love like the Empire and the Sith, and like what they stand for is actually pretty dope. Yeah, and I, I love like nerding out with other people because like we're supposed to like you know like the Rebels and the Jedi and all that, but like the more I look into it, the more I'm like, no, this is like not for me. And then I got to just like, I don't know, I just totally nerd out on it and just get invested in it. I think it's so cool. Now, is that something you said you were a little bit out of the loop or maybe a little exhausted by the superhero movies, but do you tend to also do the same with that where you're going more for the villain more than the superhero? <laughs> Dude, it's so funny you said that. I, um, we went and seen um, the, the new Black Panther movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know Michael B. Jordan oh, is like awesome. his character, his whole character arc is like so awesome. And I love like again like I totally was like supporting the dark side here. I was like, <laughs> dude, like he's trying to like I don't know take over and like basically like he's been wrong like his whole life and his whole like backstory. Like I just totally like stood up behind that. I was like, yeah, dude, like get him, like just take over. I thought right. it was sweet. Like I was like I would definitely fight for him and not. Um, the Black Panther himself. <laughs> right. No, I am completely with you. I think a lot of people actually, maybe it's Michael B. Jordan himself that really does well with films like that. Yeah, no, he's he's great. He's a really good actor. The whole cast, actually, holy cow, they blew that, that whole movie, really. I was like, I couldn't believe how good it was. Yeah, I was definitely a big fan. That kind of came out of nowhere. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. All right, I apologize. I have a movie show, too, so... Believe me, this is like right in my <laughs> wheelhouse. We could do this the whole way, but we really do have to talk about music because I love what you've been doing, and I wanted to definitely talk about Hope for the Broken. Now, by the time this interview comes out, it might be either a little bit before it comes out, it might be a little bit after, so we'll kind of take it from there. I've been able to listen to the album a few times now, front to back, and I really, really enjoyed it. You guys outdid yourselves. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Awesome. And honest, yeah, I don't care about giving out any, like, Easter eggs or any, like, you ask a question, I'm going to answer it. Like, I don't, 
It doesn't bother me. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into it then. So one of the big things I noticed right from the beginning, and I know you guys have talked about this a little bit, but when I had Josh on the show before, Josh is now your quote unquote only guitarist for this album. Now you were a five mm-hmm. piece. Now you're a four piece. What was it like making that decision to move on without your previous guitarist and how you let that kind of shape the sound for a hope for the broken? Well, I don't want to um, downplay our older guitarist, right. but Josh, um, but Josh, he's actually the, the head writer. Oh, very um, nice. And yeah, he, he does all the writing and performing on the album. Mm-hmm. So it didn't actually affect our sound in really any way. So um, going forward with Hope for the Broken, I think it was actually just a little more, we had a little more freedom just to really like do what we believed we wanted to do, I guess. There wasn't any outside opinions or anything like that. So it was actually really nice. Again, not to downplay our old members or anything like that. Oh, of course not. But is that what you mean by outside influences? Is that or is that more of a label thing? No, um, the label actually were really cool to us. Like we um, we basically just went in uh, demoing for I think it's been about a little over a year since we even went into the studio that we started um, demoing and, and just putting together, you know, some material and uh, the feedback that we got from the label was great, but right. they kind of just gave us the reins to do what we wanted. So it was great. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I'm guessing because of the success of I Will Become that they had, you know, good amount of faith in you to be able to pull this off. And you definitely really did. So you guys should be extremely proud of yourselves. I think this even surpasses I Will Become, even though I really enjoy that album. Thanks. Yeah, with um with the new record, we definitely took it in a, a few different directions. Mm-hmm. But um I I don't know, like when I describe it to like people that are close to me, it's I kind of like I kind of say like basically the best parts of our band, we wanted to just pump full of steroids. So it's like almost like every song we were trying to like make a single. Right. So it's like a yeah, it's so I think it was a really strong effort. Yeah, I can definitely hear that. And I did want to mention one of the things I definitely noticed right away is it almost seemed like you had a, it's hard to explain, but maybe like a more stripped down kind of raw feel to it. Was that something that you meant to do or am I just made my hearings just off? With, uh, with this album or with I Will Become? Yeah, with Hope for the Broken. Um, stripped down, like, uh, how, can, you, can you dig a little further into that? Yeah, sure. You know, I don't think it was because of the one guitar aspect of it, but it just seemed more or actually less produced in a way, maybe. So it sounded it had that more like raw live feel to it. <laughs> That's cool that you got that because it's <laughs> I don't want to discredit you, but I feel like it's like complete opposite. Really? Like, uh, okay. in my <laughs> Yeah, in my opinion, I, I feel like uh, I will become was more raw like there's like I, especially like my vocal performance with that album yeah. yeah i definitely did i wasn't focusing on technique i was more focusing on the emotion with i will become sure okay and then for the, for this album i think i think i can agree with you with the stripped down thing because the the structures of the songs mm-hmm. are a little easier to digest like they're i think they're a little more pop focused so it's i, I know what we we did want to write um like music that we're hoping like non-metal fans could enjoy too so like kind of easier to follow along. So I agree with that. But um, no, there's um, I mean, as far as the guitar, like there is, like you said, one player. But there's tons of different tracks of like leads and chugs and right. I don't know what what they even call that. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, we definitely played around with a lot more synth. So I feel like there's a lot more production. But you know, if that's how you feel, that's great. Like I love when people, you know, they get their own perspective and you know idea of what they think you know, the music means to them. So that's great. Like, if that's how you feel, go for it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it it's actually kind of interesting because, wow, I don't know if I've ever been on a completely opposite stance on an album before. <laughs> I really did feel like it was, man, I don't know. That's That threw me for a loop there. That's a little bit different because I was even <laughs> going to say, maybe it's because of some of the other music that we cover on the show where it seems like a lot of, you know, whatever, you know, genre you want to say someone's in, like a metalcore band or a post-hardcore band, the trend recently has been to put a lot more electronics 
into it. And yeah. I don't hear a whole lot of that on this album. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there is like a little bit with like strings and, um, you know, like 808s and things like that. But no, like we're not really that band yet. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't really speak for the future. Sure. But um, I, um, I know that's something that's like been more, I don't know, important for us as convictions. We just want to be bold and just be raw and real. And that's something that we, you know, pride ourselves off of. Right. So as far as like the instruments and stuff, yeah, like we do like to just be straight to the point. We don't need any goofy bells and whistles and who's and hollers. I just want to, you know, <laughs> just get it out there. Right. Yeah. And that definitely comes across because you've got those really great breakdowns. You've got a couple really hardcore elements in there as well. But then, like you mentioned, you do kind of lean on that pop side as well because you've got the great back and forth between the clean and unclean vocals too. Yeah. So yeah, that definitely works. Now let me go back to something you mentioned before about your vocals and before in I Will Become, you're kind of focusing more on the emotion and on this album, you are focusing more on technique. One thing that I definitely realized as I was listening through is there's a couple times that you really seem to hit that breaking point on the high notes and it sounded really really good was that something you were going for on purpose um yeah dude this is so funny you're saying this because um yeah two days ago i think we released uh deceptive heart yeah yeah and i um i'm exploring like uh, you know a lot new territory vocally Mm -hmm. and i'm getting like all these there's lots of good and bad and i don't really care for the bad like i mean it doesn't affect me but there's so many people I've already read where they're like, oh my gosh, it's so loud and high pitched and crazy sounding. And I'm like, I wonder if they know that I'm like doing that on purpose. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> I know what it sounds like and why it sounds like it. And I don't know, like I, I definitely wanted to step out of my comfort zone and make it sound nasty, you know, like, yeah. it's, you know, like that, that emotion of like certain songs, like you want to like make it sound the way you feel, you know, like I don't want to just, go for a certain style and stick with it you know like if it's ugly it's ugly like it should be you know like i don't know if that sounds pretentious or not no no i think in fact that was one of the parts i was talking about being kind of raw was that kind of sound every once in a while that you went for and i really enjoyed that like that's one of my favorite styles is when oh yeah when someone is able to really put that emotion backing into that vocal performance i love that so i really appreciated when i heard it for sure so that was something that you were going for was it something that you practiced yeah i i was doing it quite a bit on um the uh support tours for uh i will become mm-hmm. um I was, I was definitely digging into a lot new like hardcore uh influences comeback kid and things like that oh sure but um yeah i was like wow like i can i can really start pushing myself in new directions and i started practicing on some of the touring cycles we did uh for the previous album and i was like man this is i really want to push this on some of our new material and um yeah i i don't really know like all the the silly names that these like youtuber dudes give <laughs> like certain screams sure. but um yeah i was i was i know every time we record i want to try something new and i want to like push myself harder so yeah i think on this album i was i feel confident and very proud of it like i definitely got to do a lot of cool new things and i hope people notice i think they will i think they definitely will because it definitely comes across that way as well because you're really hitting the lows hard you've got your mids right where they need to be i don't know it sounded like a really really aggressive album (laughs) perfect that's yeah one of the things i'm going for (laughs) exactly you've got that aggressiveness you got that poppiness i think it works perfectly in the mix that you guys have so you mentioned that Josh is doing a lot of the storytelling, the writing, and then you're going back and forth with vocals with John as well. How did you guys work all of that out of what parts you would be doing unclean vocals for, You know, what parts would you be doing clean vocals for, and then what John is also doing with his clean vocals? Yeah, um, well, for this album, we had a lot more freedom as far as writing. Um, just because we've grown so much, like Josh is learning how to demo out music himself which we've never done before oh wow so he was actually recording a lot while we were on tour like he had like his i don't even know how he did it like he had his like guitar plugged into his phone or something and 
he was just hunched over in the back of the van just cranking out <laughs> material nice it was so funny looking but yeah like there was that and then when he was home him and i were just constantly like sending ideas back and forth over the phone he'd give me a you know a demo and then i would give him some lyrics and, or uh zach and i would go over like a concept for a song and it was all like a massive collaborative effort and yeah like we were able to demo it out we have a buddy back home in our hometown and he helped us put some of the stuff together and yeah we were just constantly working and that was all during tour did you take any time off to be able to you know put everything together or did you have everything written by the time you hit the studio I would say at least a third of it was uh, like pretty much put together. Mm-hmm. But um, we took at least three months off. I think I think we had like a couple tours between that period, but they were short. From oh no, it was um, during the summer we had uh, like festival season, so we were just kind of hopping around, doing a you know a few festivals here and there. But we were mostly writing, and it was it was pretty grueling. Like we yeah. all have, we still have like normal jobs and stuff, so you know we're working you know full-time hours and then meeting up at night and writing and then coming home and doing it all over again like we, d- we just don't stop right yeah i would definitely say for a band that i know you guys really don't tend to stop that is very true and now you've got the new tour that you're on right now what is your next date uh yeah we're we have today and tomorrow off and then i we're gonna hit up uh new orleans ah yes now, have you been to New Orleans before? Yeah, we played here, um, I think, like two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was with uh, Everyone Dies in Utah. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, that was, I think it was like two years ago. That seems about right, because that was about the time that their self-title came out, so that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I just took a trip to New Orleans. That's why I brought it up, and I loved it. It was the first time I'd ever been there. I really enjoy that city. Okay. Do you get any time to hang out there, or is it right off to the next place afterwards? <laughs> so tomorrow, uh, we're hoping, yeah, like we can go adventure and check stuff out. I definitely like. I get really excited about like ghost hunting and like looking for haunted stuff. I know my bandmates aren't, but <laughs> New Orleans is like the city of all that. So right. yeah, I'm hoping to. But yeah, we pretty much never get to like sightsee or anything just because even if we have a day off like we're working like it, it, it never stops right i love it looking at your tour schedule i know you're constantly doing things now are you already in the process of writing for the next album um yeah i think josh and i have two songs that we're we're kind of playing around with Very nice. um i don't want to promote it <laughs> like i don't you know i don't want to focus on that like publicly <laughs> but right we're definitely exploring new territory and um, I think there will be a lot more like synths and production, but okay, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I won't push you on that one. I definitely won't. So <laughs> with hope for the broken. Yes. So when you're out on tour right now, how do you kind of mix in the newer tracks with everything you have in your back catalog? Do you focus more on Hope for the Broken? Do you play, you know, Voices and Deceptive Heart? Or do you add in some extras now knowing that the album's coming out? No, we almost never play new songs, like, ever. Okay. <laughs> but, like, like, before the release, we don't really play them. Just because, personally, I feel like it's kind of weird. Like, someone's just kind of standing there just bobbing along, like, not knowing what's going to happen. But um we are actually playing voices and deceptive heart on this tour and then we're playing a little bit of uh i will become as well oh very nice all right well how did you decide on those two singles being the first two from the album um well before we um started rehearsing it we actually filmed uh three videos before this tour and we're releasing two of them on this tour i don't know when the third one comes out I should definitely look into that. But um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, those two singles we picked out because they're like complete opposites. Like right. Voices is a little more alternative pop formatted, I think. Sure. And and then Deceptive Heart is just like really heavy, and I think it's got a good chorus. So those were like really strong singles, and I thought it'd be cool to have a little diversity for this uh, uh, this album cycle. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I would say in most cases, you can go through just like you mentioned. You know, it's single after single, but I wouldn't say that they sound similar 
to each other. You know, when you hear a track off the new album, I think you can differentiate from the last track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely like standout parts that I want that we put in like every song, like Mm -hmm. whether it's a tagline or something memorable. So that way, if you know, like you're showing your buddy, you know, a song, you're like, it's that one. And they know exactly right away. Like, that's what I want. Absolutely. And is that something that you write for then? You try and put something like that in for every track if you can? <laughs> uh, sounds so bad. But like there's certain, yeah, there's like certain parts like Zach and I will be like putting together lyrics and mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh my God, that's going to look great on a t-shirt or something. <laughs> Just like the visuals. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want it to sound like, I don't know, like we're in it for like the business side or anything like that. But um yeah, like the like the deceptive heart shirt we just put out. Or no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, voices. There's a they want me dead, and then there's like a coffin on the back. And right. When we're writing that, I Zach and I look at each other and like, oh, this is gonna look sweet on a shirt. <laughs> like it just happens. No, very true. Well, look, you have to be able to market. I mean, in 2018, you have to get everything out there. I mean, I thought for one, your new symbol with the house with the jagged, <laughs> like almost a lightning bolt with the arrow pointing up. I thought that was very, it's like simplistic, but also makes you think, and it's, it's recognizable as your new symbol. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that was an interesting process. I I really like the new logo and, um, I'm not stupid. Like I know we (laughs) want to brand it and, you know, like make it well known and Mm -hmm. have it be something that's, you know, someone looks at and they're like, that's conviction. Then it doesn't even say anything on it, you know? Right. Yeah. And that makes sense. So how did that all come about? Um, well, we were playing around, we, we wanted to have a logo for the album just to kind of like separate it from all our other work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we, I don't know, we just wanted a logo that would just kind of sum up what the album meant and what it means to us. And it, it's also kind of like something you can look at and interpret it maybe like, I don't know, five or six different ways. So I don't know. I hope people can get something special from it right and uh, yeah I've, I've had some people come up to me and they'll they explain something and like yeah i think it means this and it symbolizes this and what you did here and i'm like wow that's great and i in my mind i'm like i did not think that at all <laughs> <laughs> but i'm like great man like you keep that and you run with it but right. i want to kind of leave it open for interpretation nope makes total sense i will say that the aggressive worship kind of motto that you've had for a while i think that's very convictions as well yeah, that's not going anywhere. No. <laughs> that's something that like we pride ourselves off of very, very that's firmly. That's something you can easily put on a t-shirt. That's something I think I can't think of any other band that that would work for. It just, it screams convictions. Yeah, I love, like, it's, it's what we're about. It's what we are. And um, I love the support that we've gotten from it. Um, we don't want to put ourselves in a box, like, as far as our music and, and who we are. But at the same time, I... I know I personally feel it's really important to stand up for the, you know, what you believe in, what you're about, who you are and, you know, and run with it. I think a lot of people really want, are afraid of that. They want to be wishy-washy and and marketable, you know, Mm -hmm. for, for the mass. And, you know, I I don't, I don't care if I offend people or if I, you know, don't agree with everyone. Like, it's okay. Like, I think people can recognize that. Right. And identify, you know, and, and relate to it, but we're not, you know, judgmental or anything like that. Right. Like, I want to bring something positive. Very good. And kind of on that note, it's something that Josh and I had talked about the last time he was on the show. You know, I am not a religious person, but I really like the band because like you mentioned, you can kind of take your own perspective on things and you can relate it to whatever, you know, point in life or experience that you've had. It doesn't necessarily have to be some religious experience that I've had that I need to express by listening to your music. I'm able to use my perspective to still enjoy your music, even if it happens to be, you know, religious based. No. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. And I know this sounds, probably really regurgitated but we don't i don't want to i know like you were, we were talking about aggressive worship mm-hmm. and what we are and how firm we are in it i also don't want people to look at that and say like well i can't identify with that or i can't relate to it because it's religious you know i don't like that word religious like i don't we follow jesus and we love him but that's it like that's what inspires our music and our moralities and our perspective but it's also written to be 
interpreted a million different ways. So that's something that I definitely want to let be known. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I appreciate you like letting me use this podcast as a platform for that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the reasons why, even though I've I've definitely heard your previous work, I've heard your EPs and your other full length as well. Obviously, one of the things that made me love your band in general was the song Brothers Blood. That is one of the things I, I'm sure that you've heard it before. But that back and forth that you have with Rory, I really related to that a lot because I've had, you know, religious parents and, you know, a religious family from time to time. It's just really cool to hear a band that might focus on that to be able to show a different perspective. I don't know. It's something that really that I latched onto a lot. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I, that song really hits close to home for me. It's, I actually wrote that song about my little brother. Um, he, he doesn't believe in God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, a lot of our fans don't and I'm, you know, and, and I go, I go about every day, you know, like, that's great, man. You know, you, you do you and I'll support you. You support me. Like, so it's just nothing but love. Right. But when it came to my brother, you know, he is the closest person I think I have in my life. You know, like it looks like me, he's my own blood, you know, right. I can go on. Um, but he doesn't believe in God. And with that song, there's a lot, it, I wanted to express the frustration and the, I don't know, anxiety of knowing that, maybe if I die and I go to heaven, I won't see him. Right. And you know, that puts a lot of fear in me and I just wanted to be transparent and just talk about it. And then at the end of the song, you know, we, when Rory and I go back, it's kind of saying, you know what, I'm going to let you be you. And you know, I love you and I wish you all the best. And I'm just going to, I'm learning to be okay with that. And I think that's something a lot of Christians need to understand is that, People need. People are people. They have their own lives, their own perspectives, their own views, and you have to respect that. And I think that's something. Uh, it unfortunately is totally new and fresh to the Christian community. Just letting people be people. Yeah. No, it definitely has to be right because that was one of the things that you were supposed to do as a Christian is keep on talking about Christ and you know try and get that love to other people. So yeah, it's got to be a foreign concept. Maybe it's not as foreign now, but for a long time, I mean, I know people that were constantly getting or trying to get me to go to church and trying to get me into that, and it just didn't work. So to hear, you know, in a song that's specifically talking about that, I just really, you know, connected with it. That's awesome. That's really awesome, actually. Just, you know, like you said, hearing that you're not religious, but yet you still can take something away. Like that, that means a lot to me. Absolutely. I mean, that's why your music means something to me as well. It's because I can go ahead, I can listen to that, I can interpret it and hear that passion, like I mentioned before. I think I think that's a big thing with your band is the amount of passion that I hear in your music. Because, you know, we cover a lot of bands and sometimes you can tell it seems a little bit cookie cutter what you're listening to, mm-hmm. but I've never felt that with your music. And that's why I appreciate getting to talk with you and getting to go over this stuff because it is really interesting. And I know, you know, I talk to a lot of people that might not be religious. I know a lot of people that are that love your band and it comes from both sides. So I think that's a great way to be where you're being yourself, but still reaching everyone that you need to. Yeah, that's that's the ultimate goal, really. I think, you know, especially with heavy music, it's hard to not follow the the mold, like mm-hmm. you're saying, cookie cutter. Um, you know, and it's also hard not to be, you know, passionate or, um, I don't know, or authentic, you know, without, I don't know, I'm going with this, some <laughs> rehearsed or something. <laughs> I don't want to sound rehearsed. Um, right. It's just, it's, it's hard not to fall into that category. Mm-hmm. Um, so we spend a lot of time, you know, really meditating and, and focusing on topics that I think really do need to be talked about and can offer something new and enlightening to anyone, you know, no matter what they believe. Right. Yeah. You deal with a lot of issues on the new album. You deal with anxiety, depression, love loss. I guess, actually, you know what? Let's go back to that question before, because you mentioned that Josh is doing a lot of the writing for the album. Are you responsible for all the lyrics, or is that also a collaborative process? 
Um, I can't take credit for, for all of that, but cause we all come together when we write the lyrics, mm-hmm. but concept conceptually, I know I, I definitely try to push myself to bring more to the table. Okay. Um, Zach and I, we do like the night driving, uh, you know, on tour. So him and I will stay up just talking about, you know, the future of the band and this and that. And during that, we'll come up a lot with the concepts and so forth. And with this album, we weren't sure what we wanted to do if it, if it was either going to be an EP or a few singles or an album or what, but we, um, I, I don't know who it was and I, I don't really care, <laughs> but we, um, we basically said, well, let's just write about all these like awful nasty things that have plagued us basically since I will become has come out and right. let's just let it be real raw and just pissed off and just go for it. Like just a lot of, you know, a lot of anger and then trying to find hope through all that. I thought that would be like a really cool concept. And we just basically put together a lot of, you know, song ideas and topics and then just chased it. So that was, uh, I think a lot of it uh, came from that idea. Okay. So if you don't mind me getting a little personal on it, I did notice sure. like a couple of times the ocean is mentioned and mm-hmm. it seems like that's more of at least possibly those two tracks at least seem to be about a breakup. Am I correct on that one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Was that a, you know, was that the long distance type thing where it just didn't work that way and, you know, everything had to stop? Um, I think that plays a, a bit of a role into it. Like, I don't want to put all my dirty laundry out <laughs> out there, but, um, yeah, I, um, yeah, when I was overseas was when my, my relationship actually fell through and, you know, I was physically across the ocean. So, I, you know, I thought that was kind of cool to tie that in and mm-hmm. hopefully make something positive out of a really awful time in my life. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about that. That's got to suck. Was that while you were off on tour overseas as well? Uh yeah yeah I think I was in we did our like world tour so oh, okay not trying to brag <laughs> <laughs> it does sound cool saying that though. yeah it does doesn't <laughs> it well let me go off and you know it's cliche but what was your favorite part of that tour um Japan oh, uh, I think nice. well Japan was probably the coolest but I think Germany has like a really special place for me because it was that's like my like heritage and yeah. I can speak a little bit of it. So it was just really cool, like, picking up on the culture there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Everything was really cool. Uh, Russia was probably my favorite show. Uh, I was in Moscow. That was probably my favorite show I may ever play. Very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I used to live in Germany, so I completely get that. I would like to go to Japan sometime, for sure. I've heard nothing but you have great to. things. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely no bad things ever about Japan. And then I've been to Russia once as well. And it is a completely like both of those places have to be complete culture shocks. Oh, it's yeah. I'm not like that. As far as culture shock, yeah, you nailed it on the head. It's it's a completely different planet. Right now in Japan, were or are you an anime fan? Was there anything that you enjoyed while you were over there specifically? No, actually, I'm not like. Well, going into it, I'm not like I wasn't an anime fan. I don't I don't have like a you know that those backstories were, I grew up with Dragon Ball Z, right. Pokemon. No, I, I was not that kid. Right. But, uh, we went to, they have like this big mall in Tokyo and outside of it is a life-size Gundam. Yes. And I, when I saw it, I turned into a kid. Like I just, <laughs> my eyes lit up. I was like shaking. I was like, I can't believe this. Like I have to know about it. What is this? Like, so since then I, I buy Gundams on tour, like every tour basically. And, I watched the series and I'm obsessed. I actually recently watched Akari for the first time. I thought that was great. Very cool. Um, so I'm taking baby steps. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> so now you have tons of Star Wars figures and tons of Gundam figures. Yep. You, <laughs> you basically know what my bedroom looks like. There we go. <laughs> so now that's what we can do with this show is everyone can know if you want to be on Mike's good side, make sure to send him Star Wars figures and Gundam figures. Yes. <laughs> That's why you do music, right? So you can get free stuff. Free stuff? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't really get too many gifts. And I'm not asking for any, but no, I have gotten happen. a, uh, I did get a John Williams Star Wars uh, vinyl, and it has like a 3D holographic, like Millennium Falcon that shoots out when it spins. It's, nice. It, it sounds crazy, but you can YouTube it. It's sweet. I got it. There you go. <laughs> Very nice.
<laughs> well, sorry for that little tangent there, but I love talking about Japan and traveling and everything. When, yeah, yeah. No, we got we to gotta do that. Like you said, you have another podcast. I want to oh, do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what we can do, actually? This would be kind of funny. At some point for the movies one, maybe you come on for when we do Star Wars. And we talk that way. Ooh. I'm probably going to dislike it. So that way you'll like it. And then we can just go back and forth on why we're both incorrect. You know, I, I might not necessarily like it. I didn't like the, the Last Jedi. So it might not be as fruitful as you're hoping. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we can both make fun of it. Yes. That's completely true. Because That's that fine. was the thing. That's fair. I remember watching the movie. So I saw it on a plane. And I was actually headed for New Orleans. So we had talked about that. But I watched it and... I went, okay, I totally understand why so many people hated that movie. <laughs> yeah, that movie is yuck. But it's still Star Wars. I still have to support it. Well, right, right, right. Now, you know, we'll go back to music in a second. But are you going to go see <laughs> Are you gonna go see Solo? Yeah, I'm going to see Solo. Heck yeah. <laughs> now, do you really think that's going to be good? Uh, you know, Ron Howard's directing it. True. You, you heard about that, right? Well, wait, I thought yeah. he had... Didn't he drop out of that and then go back? No, as far as I know, that's no, no, no. There was a director before him. Oh, okay. All right. And they let Disney let him go, and then Ron Howard stepped in to clean up the mess. I guess. Gotcha. So, okay. All should right. be good. Hey, look, I love Donald Glover, so I. I'm, yeah, who doesn't, right? Yeah, I mean, is there anyone out there right now that is more universally loved than Donald Glover? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm sure he's gonna be like overrated and like couple weeks here oh for sure no absolutely all right sorry tangents tangents all right back to music with all the <laughs> and we're gonna go into a completely different thing with all of the you said the nasty things that had happened to you you know for two years basically since i will become came out if you're all getting together and writing lyrics but you're really kind of possibly taking the reins on it was it strange trying to write lyrics or trying to shape them based on someone else's experience? Or was it something that you were able to kind of put your own experiences into? Well, most of these songs actually are all, they, they are our own personal experiences. Right. Um, almost this whole album, really. Um, I know with uh, our previous albums, we, we have stepped in the shoes of other people, mm -hmm. but yeah, for this one, it's, it's pretty much all personal and, I know that there's a couple tracks that don't necessarily have a resolution that I thought would be interesting mm -hmm. just to like really just like keep it in that moment and just focus on it. Right. Um, there's a song called We Are Violence. Yeah. Like that one, it, it, it does have a bit of hopeful peaks, but that was an, or um, there's that song and then there's, uh, there's a couple, I think there's, can't think of it off the top of my head, but yeah, there's a couple that were we just wanted to kind of focus on this the moment and the emotion and mm -hmm. just keep it there. I thought it'd be thought that'd be really interesting. Yeah, but yeah, it's all personal. Oh, so let me rephrase because what I think I was trying to say in that instance was if you were doing most of the writing for the lyrics, even with the rest of the band kind of adding in, if it was someone else's experience that you were writing about in the band. Was it strange mm -hmm. to do it that way, or was it more of a collaborative process at that point? Um, I mean, yeah, like, okay, like, so with convictions, like, if I'm writing a song, we all will sit at, like, a, a literal round table, and then oh. we'll kind of go, we'll go, uh, like, bar by bar, wow, and just kind of clean it up. Like, we comb through it, like, crazy. So everything is there on purpose, and, like, right. refrain, you know, refined and everything. Um, there was a song... Uh, John had written, um, uh, I don't know if I should, if I should, uh, okay. Like he wrote a song about someone passing away that was very close to him. I see. And, uh, for that one, I, I know he had written quite a bit of lyrics, but I was almost like interviewing him, you know, I was like, how did this make you feel? What did you, what were you thinking uh, here? You know, just kind of shaping it. Right. So that was, it was a bit unusual, just almost like interviewing your friend, but you have to act like you don't know him. That was kind of interesting. Yes. But, okay. That's exactly what yeah. I was getting to. Because I, I figured, hopefully, not every bad thing that happened in that two years happened to you. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, this is a all collaborative effort. Convictions is not just me as far as the lyric content. Right, right, right. Okay. All right. That makes total sense. Now, let me talk about also, I thought this was really awesome. You had two guest vocalists. 
for the album as well. Mm -hmm. You had Chris from like Moths to Flames on The Storm Will Pass, and you had JT, yeah, from Hawthorne Heights (laughs) in To Sleep. Sorry, To Sleep is to Feel. And I am a huge, I mean, I'm sure many people are, but especially with like like Moths to Flames, Dark Divine was such an amazing album last year. So, dude, I know we listened to it today. Oh, did you really? Yeah, that yeah. rocks. That is an amazing, pretty much a masterpiece album. So it's really awesome that you got to work with Chris. Now, how did you go about getting Chris to do this? Like, how was the process to get Chris to get JT? Do you reach out? Do you already have the song kind of in mind? How does that work? Um. Okay. Well, we've toured with both like Moss Flames and Hawthorne Heights. Right. So we already have like a, a bit of a, you know, relationship already intact. Mm-hmm. But um, we were recording our album in Columbus, Ohio, and that's um, that's where Chris lives or lives near there. Right. Um, so yeah, like we were in the area and we're, we just hit him up. We're like, dude, you want to jump on this? And he was like, yeah. And he just he actually got to, he came to the studio, which oh. is kind of rare. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't know if like the public knows that, but like a lot of guest vocal features are done like across the country. Like they'll just send tracks and then they do it on their own. But right. Yeah, he was in the studio with us. We played video games together and hung out. And that whole process is really interesting because I, <laughs> I look up to these guys, you know, musically, and you know they're giants in our scene. And I'm on the producer side of the studio, and he's in the vocal booth. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like giving him instructions. I'm like, okay, you do this here, and I want you to do this. And then if you want to do this here, or if you feel like this, this is your spot. But this is kind of what I'm thinking, and we're just playing back and forth. And in the back of my mind, I'm like. Mike, what are you doing? Like this is like, you know, I was like, this is so. But I was so professional. I was, I was very proud. Very cool. <laughs> now, is that something that you would like to do in the future as well? What's that? Like producing? Produce? Yeah, kind of producing, putting things together. Is that something you have a passion uh, for? I can't do anything with the computer, so probably not. <laughs> but um, I, uh, I don't know. It'd be fun to like help the band uh, put it, you know, putting together music and, and lyrics and vocals. That would be fun. I've actually done that a little bit, but nothing on like a professional scale. Okay. All right. Well, let me also ask about, you know, with guest vocal spots, and this is probably also kind of a cliche question, but you've had Chris, you've had JT, you know, you had Rory on the past release, you've had Ryan from Fit for a King as well. When you're looking for guest vocal spots, is there someone on your list right now that you would also love to have possibly on your next release? Um... I don't know. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of guest vocal features that we grab are like people that we know personally from touring. Right. Um, so I don't know. I um, I can't exactly say. I mean, there's definitely like a dream list. You know, I, I would, <laughs> if I had Corey Taylor on a song, like I don't even know what the hell I'd do. Uh, like that Slipknot. Come on. You know, like some like somebody sure. like that, of course. Right. But I don't know. Um, yeah, it just has to fit the song. Like, I think J- uh, JT really complimented the song that he was on, and Chris, I think he did great on his song. I felt like they're catered to the artists. Like, it almost sounds like, like you're talking about Ryan Kirby, that song that we did years back. It When the, when his part comes on, it sounds like a Fit for a King song. Right. Like it, you know what I mean? Like, I think they complement the music. So, yeah, you definitely don't write for that person, but it kind of no. yeah you look for something that fits yeah and i'm like this would this would serve the song you know that's a quote that we've been throwing around a lot like will this serve the song will this you know complement this no that makes total sense so in the structure of the album it's something that i'm always a little interested in i really enjoy when an intro like gets you into the album so you hit really hard on that introduction track and then later on with Reverie, your kind of interlude. How do you decide on how you're going to do an intro to an album and or where you're going to put an interlude and why do you put the interlude where you do? Yeah. Did you, um, did you read about that with, uh, with Rever- Reverie? Do you, no. Do you know the backstory on that? I don't know. No. Oh, it's awesome. Okay. Reverie is uh, the name of our ex-guitarist, uh, Justin. Mm-hmm. That's the name of his band. Um, oh. He, um, yeah, he showed up to the studio like randomly one night and I, it was like a surprise and we're all freaking out. We're like, oh my God, it's Justin. This is so cool. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, dude, we got to get him on the album. Like, come on, Josh. And Josh is like 
super like commissions his baby so he doesn't want you know like any outside he's like dude i don't know man like we we already finished the album i don't know where to put them i'm like dude we just got to do something for him like i want to have like an easter egg you know yeah i want to have an ex member because we have a we have our ex vocalist on i will become so like what if right. we have an ex member on hope for the broken like wouldn't that be crazy mm-hmm. so i was like yeah we got to get him on and then so we just plug him in and i'm like well let's just have him just riff you know like just play around and um you know record something maybe it'll be like an interlude or we'll find somewhere for it and that's exactly what happened oh. he uh he just started riffing and it was so surreal like he the way he plays yeah it's convictions like he helped start the band so it was a lot of it was just like conviction started playing and we'd never heard it but it was like our first time hearing it, it was so cool wow um yeah that was that was a surreal thing like i'll never forget that it was so cool so now you get to do this kind of cool thing there where you get to almost pay tribute to him, you know, by doing this. How did you decide where to put that track in the album? Um, I think Josh did that. He he kind of helped put together the the structure of the album and mm-hmm. I think it comes in at a, a really good time. Yeah. It kind of lets the album rest for a little bit and kind of reflect on what you heard and then kind of build into the next the ending chapter, I think. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that normally the way you think of an interlude? Like, is that why you as a band kind of put them in? Uh, it depends. We, um, yeah, it, it wasn't something that we sought out to. Like, it was just kind of like a, it just happened, you know? It just, yeah. he just showed up and there it is. So we didn't plan for it. And I, I like that. It just has that kind of, I don't know, that magic to it. It just, just happened. Very nice. Let me now focus a little bit on you since, you know, I talked to Josh a long time ago about the band in general, but how did you yourself get into doing, you know, unclean vocals and some clean vocals as well? How did you get started in music? Uh, I've been performing, playing and performing. What's the same thing? I've been <laughs> writing and performing since 2005. Okay. Uh, so this has been a long time. Uh, I found like heavy music to be really empowering when I was, you know, like in junior high, like I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of metalheads come from like being bullied in school and then they find something empowering and aggressive and they just latch onto it. And right. That's yep. the case. For, that was kind of the case for me. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was performing in a lot of local bands and we, uh, I wasn't a Christian or anything like that until I was like 19. Oh, okay. So. So yeah, it's it's kind of funny how uh, convictions found me. They had already done a tour and had label interest before I even joined. Right. So like I, I had just become a Christian and I was still interested in playing music, and they found me. And um, it's actually what's really interesting about that too is my dad. Um, my dad follows Jesus, and he. I remember coming to him. I was like, Dad, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna join this Christian band actually, and. Uh, I thought he'd be really excited and supportive, uh, but it was funny. He actually wasn't. He was like, Mike, oh. I don't want you to do that. Um, if you if you pursue this, you have to be all in. And in my eyes, it was like I have to become like almost a whole new person, but I, I was willing to. Mm-hmm. And it, that's kind of where I will, be, I will become the title came from. Right. So that album kind of, it, it kind of nods at my beginnings into this whole world i guess wow now i'm sure you've shared the story before but i am unfamiliar can you go into the event or events that led you to become a christian at a later age yeah um well i didn't grow up in a christian uh household um in fact that there's a lot of i have a lot of memories of my mom uh i grew up across the street from a church and I, would, I was always interested, like, what are they doing over there? Like, what is this all about? And my mom would be like, oh, like, you, it's boring. You don't want to go. Like, we're not going. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, I didn't know God at all until, like, in my later teen years, my dad, um, after my parents split, my dad started going to this church called Cedar Creek. Okay. And I, um, I just thought it was, like, the weirdest thing. <laughs> like, I was really into Slipknot and, like, heavy metal. And I... Um, I remember showing up to church wearing like Slipknot shirts and I thought I was so cool. Like I was like, man, I'm really going against the grain here. That's right. But, um, I didn't, I didn't really like identify with it. I thought it was nice, you know, like good messages and, you know, it, it overall feel feels good, but I didn't really 
you know, identify with it, I guess. Okay. And um, it wasn't until I was about 19 when I started going through like really bad, like suicidal episodes. Uh-huh. And I, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was pretty, it was a really dark time. Yeah. I, uh, I, I do talk about that a lot with like our music and, and, and fans and things like that, like as like an outreach. But um, for me, I didn't, you know, I, I tried the hotlines and talking to family and, you know, doing all these things that one would in those scenarios. But I, um, I just kind of ran into a dead end and, you know, I heard about what God can do and, and I thought it was silly, but, uh, you know, I was like, well, I'll try it and see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it's not like I believe this, so whatever. So I went for it and it, it, you know, it's done amazing things for me and I'm not going to use your podcast to preach, but, um, I, um, I, uh, I found a lot out of that and it did a lot for me. So that kind of gave me the the motivation and, and just the, the groundwork to kind of use that as a, uh, inspiration for my, my music, my lyrics, my, my whole outlook. Right. And I just want to, sh- I feel obligated in a positive way to share that with people. Sure. And, um, if it doesn't work for them, that's, that's cool. But you know, this is my, this is the way I see it and that's what I want to do. Yeah. No, I really appreciate that stance. It's not, obviously, it's not a religious podcast or anything, but I think it's completely fine to talk about that stuff. In fact, I want to hear about those stories because I think that's really interesting. And I think people listening will think it's interesting as well. But I always do enjoy the part of you've got what you believe in and you're willing to spread that message. But if someone's not into it, you're like, that's fine. You know, you do your thing, I'll do mine, I'll continue doing it. I really appreciate that a lot. Yeah, you know, and that's that's like the footnotes of my faith. And it's, it's so weird because there's so many people that, even people that are Christians that are like, no, that's not what it's about at all. Like right. that's, and that's just so alien to me because I don't know, I feel like maybe I have like a leg up because I wasn't, I didn't grow up Christian and I didn't have to experience all that negativity or that you know all the downsides of overly preachy or judgmental people so like when i hear it it's so foreign to me i'm like wow that is not at all what jesus is about so it's cool to like say like hey man like you you think you believe that way i I love that that's great you be you you know like i you know i have to respect that and i want people like me to think that way so i don't know i have this i have this whole like mission (laughs) like with (laughs) my music and everything i just want to just go out there and do it so i hope people like that hear us and see us see that like we're really hungry you know like we're really motivated because we are yeah no absolutely all right mike that is actually i think a really great place to end here i really liked what you said there so let me once again say that hope for the broken is a really really great album we'll obviously be talking about it on the show a lot more as the release comes up i thought it was really great Thank you very much for making music that I thoroughly enjoy. Let me state right now, we will definitely have links in the description of the episode so that people can go get tickets for your tour, so that people can pick up Hope for the Broken, so they can pick up your past, you know, past catalog, keep in touch with you, follow you on social media. But until then, is there any way that's the best way for people to support you? Yeah, seeing us at a show. Um you know, telling friends and, you know, people that you think would enjoy our music like that is like, honestly, the best way. Like we want to reach as many people as possible. So yeah, if you feel like what you hear, please, you know, share, um, you can buy merch, you can come to shows, you can share your stories. I, any, anything helps. It really does. No, that sounds awesome, man. And once again, I will have links in the description of the episode to help people make that very, very easy. So once again, Mike, this was awesome getting to talk to you. I think this was the first time that I've ever had a returning band come on the show, but with a different member. So please make sure to say hi to Josh for me. And thank you so much for being on the show. This was great. Thank you so much.
I am back. The track you just heard was Voices, They Want Me Dead, off Hope for the Broken. I thought that conversation was really great. I definitely learned some things, and I hope you did as well. A note, just in case you heard it, Mike is currently on tour, so he did his part in a coffee shop. I tried to take out as much background noise as I could, but just in case you heard some random weird noises, I apologize. Sometimes you can't get them all. A big thanks goes to Mike for coming on the show and to Austin for help setting all of this up. Much appreciated. Make sure you visit the links in the description of the episode to support Convictions. They're a bunch of great guys making great music, so please give them some support. Also, if you liked what you heard, please visit the other links in the description of the episode to support me, Ian Hates. Thank you all very much for listening. Obviously, share this episode if you enjoyed it. And to end everything off, I'm going to play Brother's Blood from I Will Become. Both albums are off in Vogue Records. And I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.
soul. Show me a way to make him. Ooh.